It's time for the Juice Box Junkies, an independent Houston Astros podcast. All Astros, all the time. Astros news, analysis, and opinions right here on the Juice Box Junkies. Right, episode eleven of the Juice Box Junkies here with me today is Matt Uncle Kunkel. Me and you, Matt, for the first few minutes. About uh, time. <laughs> two of the OG, and maybe Brian will join us if he gets time on on this very religious day for him. I uh, he said he'd join us in a few minutes if he could. So we finally have games to talk about, Matt. We have real games, not not spring training games with a bunch of minor leaguers in it real games with a bunch of major leaguers in it and really cool first six games. Matter of fact, why don't we have some specific topics we want to talk about, but just give me your overall view of the first two series, four against the Angels in Anaheim, two in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. Still got three more to go on the road trip, but let's talk about the first six. Your impressions. Well, I, I try not to get too excited about the early part of the season, but what the Astros did show is, you know, that they're still in, in the top five teams in, in the MLB. They have they have the talent to make it back. And I, I think what you want in the first part of the season is just not just don't put yourself in a hole. Don't don't come off of this nine game road trip two and seven and looking like you're you're tripping over yourselves. You know, just steady the ship. It's a long season. And I think they've done this. I mean, we'll see how they do up in Seattle. I might change my tone if they get swept up there. But, um, you know, spurts of some greatness. The offense hasn't really kicked in yet. But, hey, four and two on the road. I I think April is going to be a tough month. They're going to be on the road a lot. Let's just stay above 500. And then I I think by the second half of the season, the Astros should be in good shape. Yeah, I, uh, Brian Dunleavy joins us here. It looks like uh, from his car. Dedication. Nice. Is, is Dedication. that a Civic? Is that a All minivan? <laughs> this would be, of course, the minivan. All right. Well, you got enough kids to have like a couple of those things in the garage, I think. So uh, uh, we're just talking about the first six games, getting Matt's take on the first six games as a whole. Just kind of general. We got some specific topics we're going to get into, but just kind of general thoughts on the first six games. Well, I think you know for Go the ahead, first Brian. for the first six, I think it was uh, you know it was a good start to the season. Although I think Dusty uh, Dusty left his imprint uh, on on some randomness that I don't know if any I don't know if I've seen any other team do a similar thing with their lineup and their and their rotation and stuff so i think that's uh i could be wrong on that i could i could be wrong but i don't i don't know of any other team that that played with the lineup and things as much as dusty does it seems like that's like his game instead of instead of taking up yeah crossword puzzles or sudoku uh, he looks <laughs> like the, he wants to play with the lineup and, and see how many different things he can put together in a lineup at one time and and uh i don't know if anybody would have put money on it or ever predicted that that somebody like Nico Goodrum would hit in the in the uh, third spot uh, uh, in the lineup. Uh, you know that just never 
never and and I and just uh, just to put it out there, I don't think anybody in their right mind would ever do that, <laughs> except for Dusty Baker, who is I don't know if he's in his right mind or not. But you know, <laughs> with that said, a, a bench a bench player hitting in the three hole, which is reserved for the best hitter in the lineup, is baffling. Let, let history record that two minutes and 43 seconds into the podcast and about 16 seconds after he jumped on, Brian bashes Dusty Baker, of course. <laughs> I have similar thoughts as to both of you. You don't want to get to the slow start. Four and two is great. Really hard to win four games in a row against the major league team, and they fell short in Anaheim by one. Really disappointed by yesterday. You're going to have those games in the season. Uh, it's going to happen. Um, just hope it doesn't happen too often and hope you don't miss something by one game because of, because of losing to Arizona in game six, uh, of the season. I agree with you, Brian. I'm not quite as hard on Dusty, though. I like him a lot less since he started platooning Chaz in this situation. Um, but I agree with you a hundred percent on the lineup. I mean, Reston Bregman on the third day of the season, um, you know, what it, when, Look, if they had a seven-game stretch at the start of the season, okay. They had a four-game stretch, an off day, two more games, and another off day. It, it's just baffling to me. Then Altuve, when they talked to him, when the uh, when the media talked to Dusty about resting Bregman, he said, "Well, you don't rest Altuve because he doesn't he doesn't really let you. He doesn't want to come out." And I was like, "Well, a, I didn't know he had a chance." I don't think Bregman would want to come out either. And B, you rested Altuve the next day. So it doesn't, it, you know, he's just talking noise up front and doing what he wants to do. Like you said, just messing around with the lineup. Just, uh, it's, it's, it's baffling. It is baffling to me too. You don't know what you're going to get, um, to the players. You know, I don't know. Do they know? Uh, maybe, maybe they know more than us. But one thing we talked about there, Matt, was, Bregman getting off to a good start. Maybe Dusty knows something, and if he stays healthy all year, I'm, I'll be happy to let him sit, you know, 10 or 12 games. But Alex Bregman looks like he can run, catch, throw, and most importantly, hit. American League Player of the Week, the first week of the season, 333 average in the first six games. Your take on AB2 for the first six. Uh, he looked good. Uh Particularly out in, in Anaheim, he looked like he had just really good control of the of the plate. He wasn't taking any bad swings. He didn't look like um, he was missing his swings. I mean, he, he barreled a few balls. He looked like he was running really good. I mean, that we were, we were joking about that. Every time he's trying to beat out a short hit to first base, I'm just I, I'd rather him take the out than than pull a hammy and miss and miss a month. Um, you know, we, I mean. We all know his greatness. In 18 and 19, he was terrific. 19, arguably, he was he should have been the MVP if you know Mike Trout didn't have a name Mike Trout. Um, we, I mean, with no Carlos Correa, we we're not as deep as we've been. We probably need the best of Alex Bregman. So I I like the idea of some caution uh, for him resting. I don't know if first six games of the season merit that but hey, hey I, I gotta say it's i haven't seen him hit this well uh in a while in a while you know i last year he kind of faded obviously he's probably dealing with some injuries um this is the version of bregman we like uh, i think all the astro fans would agree yep 
333, 7 for 21, two homers, seven RBIs in the first six games. Brian, your take on a break two. Yeah, I, 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 same as Matt. I think uh, he's off to a great start. He's, he's looking, you know, looking great on the field. I think, uh, you know, I have no idea uh, what on earth the, the, the break after two games in a row was. Uh, I go back to his earlier, uh, his earlier statement during spring training where they, they put their first you know full game of spring training and dusty's comments afterwards were well i gotta make sure the guys stay hydrated and and are, are you know feeling good and rested and and i'm i'm thinking that's that was probably what dusty's doctor told him <laughs> rather than than what the the uh the players need to do i mean they're professional athletes they know how to stay hydrated they can drink their gatorade and their other things i mean geez all people we're talking about guys who paid millions of dollars to play baseball yeah I was gonna say, so you know they they don't need to they're not worried about 90 degree heat i was gonna say he's, yeah he's treating I, like I, the so I, you know right i'm waiting for the orange slices like at this you know soccer <laughs> halftime used to get when you were a kid you know but uh I, you know i i almost want to say that you know, he would even he would have even better numbers if he didn't have that third day off because uh, you know he had he had two games you know that were great the first two games in a row he had two home runs you know going into that uh, you know and then he gets a day off it's like man he he almost messed up his mojo a little bit because uh... okay I think we lost you Brian I think we lost Brian um, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop him and we'll he'll come back to us. But we still got a good Dusty Baker rant in the first three minutes. So uh, that was classic. Time. That was classic. <laughs> and uh, so let's all go on to talk about Jeremy Pena. A really big surprise as far as I'm concerned. Um, I was not expecting this. Now he's had, you know, two games with uh, multiple hits and two games with no hits, but um, he's done. He's fielded much better than I ever expected. He's, he's swung the bat better than I expected. The one thing I'll say is everybody, not everybody, I hate when people do that. A lot of people rave about Pena's arm. I don't see it. Now, maybe I'm comparing it to Correa, and that's unfair, right? Because nobody has the arm from shortstop like Correa. He's done well um, on average. You know, he's had some up and downs at the plate. The first couple at-bats looked horrible, but, you know, what, whatever. It's a 162-game season. He's hitting the ball, and he hit a home run, and he's doing really well. He's exceeding my expectations so far, Matt Kunkel. Early take on Jeremy Pena. He's been terrific. Um, I mean, I, if, if you want, I'm sure Dusty will start Nico Goodrum at shortstop for a few, for a few <laughs> days, and then, and then you'd be like, hey, yeah, he's got a pretty good arm. Um, no, he, he's been terrific. Um uh, the one game where he had the home run with his parents uh, being interviewed was pretty awesome. That was probably the highlight of the season so far. Um, he seems to be like a, a pretty good influence on the team. Seems to be a hard worker. He's he's definitely showed up. Um, maybe Click and crew were onto something when they didn't want to assign Correa to that big deal because they knew how good this guy was. Uh, kind of showing it. Let's see how the I mean, let's see how the pitchers adjust. You mentioned he's had a couple multi-hit games and a couple overs. I mean, let's let's see how it happens. You know, the dog days of the season, pitchers 
pick up on what they're good at, what they're not good at. Let's let's see how he adjusts. I mean, but again, just like Bregman, like listen, he's he's not off to a slow start. He's looking good. He's twenty four. Uh, he looks pretty spry. He looks like he's he's got the energy. I'm you know, I'm excited. I'm I'm ex- I was worried that he'd be a dud, and then we'd be looking at Carlos Correa hitting all those bombs up in Minneapolis at the target or whatever target field or whatever it's called and we'd be feeling bad about ourselves but hey another good start for the first game it I guess those were sliders he were, he was missing by two or three feet it looked like to me but um like you said maybe he'll adjust Brian your take on Jeremy Pena's first six games as an Astro yeah, I like it. I mean, he's he's uh coming in hot from the uh spring training uh that he had, which is uh he's off to a great start hitting wise. I think uh he's done he's done very well uh at the plate and and we'll see. Like Matt said, you know, we'll see if uh next month or the month after it's the same story if you know, once we get through, you know, teams for a second, third, fourth time, you know, and see if there's any adjustments there and if he can if he can adjust to it too because that's I think adjustments happen on both sides, and if you're um, if you're him, you know, hopefully he's listening to those veteran guys and, and making those adjustments. It seems like he's getting along great with Altuve, um, so hopefully he's he's always got a bug in his ear to you know to try and you know coach him up and get him to where he needs to be to be that that professional. But uh, at, just as you said, Marty, too, the defense is not. Uh, it's not it's not the same level as, as Carlos, and I don't think it's fair to say it would ever right. be the same as Carlos. I mean, uh, it made me a little a little sad, like Matt mentioned when we had that that third decker shot that Carlos hit. Uh, uh, that was just an absolute bomb. But then to follow up with that, he he hosed a guy from uh, halfway into left field on a relay at home uh, with the with the typical Carlos cannon. Um, so we we haven't gotten that from from Pena, but everything else with the glove seems, seems like he's in a, in a good spot, but I, you know, I agree Morty. I haven't seen the, the arm, you know, I, I and I think he's I, comparing him to several, not just Carlos Correa, but several uh, other major leaguers. I don't think he's at, at their level of arm strength yet. I think he's, I think he's average, uh, average major leaguer arm strength, which is not, not bad. Not, I mean, right. average major leaguer, I, I, a lot of people would kill to be an average major leaguer arm strength, you know? So, yeah. so, so it's not a bad thing, but he's definitely not, you know, he's not going to be, uh, Carlos Correa getting guys in the hole, you know, from in the hole and just tossing it across the field with ease. Uh, I think it's going to, I think he's going to have to get himself into position more to make those plays rather than to be able to, to make a, those more acrobatic throws and stuff like Carlos, but he's great so far and hopefully he keeps it up. It's going to be interesting to see, to keep track of the old outs above average in those defensive metrics between those two. So that'll be intriguing as the season goes on. Look until last night when I uh, jinxed Chaz McCormick in center field uh, <laughs> on Twitter, as I was quickly reminded, by the way, uh, I think most people realized didn't make a difference in the game, right? It was just that I jinxed his perfect record in the outfield. Center field has been a pleasant surprise. Now, I love Chaz. We know I love half of this duo. But we also know I'm not high on the other half of the duo. And I will say this loud and clear for everybody listening and you two guys. Jose Siri has played really, really well. Scares the crap out of me every time he catches the ball. 
Uh, but Tucker's starting to do some of that too. I'm not sure what the catching the pop up of foot off the ground is all about. Um, but but I think he lost that one. I'm I'm kind of giving Tucker a hard time. But Siri could make the root, most routine play scare the crap out of me, right? And you know Chaz is out there. He's just going to catch it, maybe even with two hands like they used to do when I played, right? But but not Siri. But anyway, Siri has played really well. Chaz has played really well. So I'm thinking Jake Myers is going to get traded. Uh, no, just joking. Uh, what's your guys' take on the center field position without Jake? Just Chaz and Siri in the first six games. Uh, Matt. I mean, this is probably what Dusty wanted, right? He wanted guys showing out and saying, I want that center field job. And it seems like in their own way, Siri and McCormick have been great. I, you could argue they've been the two best hitters, not named Alex Bregman. Um, I, I, it's 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 going to get tough if they keep playing like this. Because then, I mean, you're not going to take out Tucker. You're not going to take out Brantley. Um, you know, who's going to get the lion's share of those at-bats? Who's going to get the lion's share of those starts leading up to Jake Myers' return? I, I think it's going to be very fascinating when he's back. And, I mean, I don't even know how Pedro Leon's doing. I think that's going to be a conversation that keeps rumbling and rumbling and rumbling. We have an embarrassment of riches at one position. <laughs> well, I keep saying this. Uh, Chaz can play all three outfield positions. That's why I'm holding on to Chaz. He already has this year, I think. I think he's played mm-hmm. in the right field. So that's why I'm holding on to Chaz so hard because I'm I'm fearful of Siri somewhere else. But, Matt, you're absolutely right. Siri at 455, Chaz at 438. Early in the season, Chaz has a couple of multi-hit games, stolen base, you know, just moving up, scoring the winning run, doing doing all those type of things that, that he has to do with his skill set to keep playing because we know who Dusty favors, right? And if it's even close, it's going to be Siri. Brian, your take on the center field position so far. Yeah, well, I agree with you. uh, Siri has uh, surprised, I think, anybody. Uh, If anybody's watched Siri play in the past, he's playing. I think he's hitting above his weight, um, which is uh, to say that not that he's – uh, a, a great hitter, but he's hitting more than than I think a lot of people would have picked. So, uh, you know, I think that's a good start for him. But um, but I will leave the caveat that they do put him in very very favorable positions when he's hitting. I mean, he's hitting against lefties. So you know, great. I, I can hit against anybody that's on the opposite opposite side too. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean much. That just means that I'm uh, you know. I'm, I'm decent at hitting guys that, that are throwing across the plate t- towards my bat as opposed to, you know, the opposite. So, you know, in, in that regards, I, I'd love to see the, them swap. I'd love to see Siri in the box against righties and Chaz against lefties. And I bet, I bet Chaz would be just about the same, if not better uh, in the box against lefties. But, um, but I also would put, Chaz and, uh, you know, I'd take him out. I'd put Siri in over him um, if there's a guy that throws a lot of junk because I don't think Chaz is not – I don't think he's up to the challenge with the junk. But, you know, give Siri a chance, and we'll see if Siri can step up to the plate for that. But um, defensively, he hasn't uh, he hasn't screwed up. Siri hasn't screwed up, and, and Chaz, um, you know, except for his uh, – I think he was trying to catch it and throw the ball at the same time in left field right. <laughs> last game. You know, besides that play, he's he hasn't screwed up either. So it's a tight, tight race, and I'd, 
I'd love to see, I think we talked about this maybe a month ago. Um, I'd love to see both of them have their stocks, you know, go through the roof and we can use them as trade bait sooner rather than later uh, when, uh, when Myers gets back. Cause it seems to me uh, that potentially, although again, I don't believe what the Astros say that Myers can be back sooner rather than later. They didn't put him on the 60 day, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Well, I wonder if they, these two guys continue to play well if they'll not rush him back. Now, we're making a whole lot out of six games. Six more games down the road, they could be batting 125 each, right? Very easily with with uh, the hole in Chaz's swing and uh, series history. I just wonder, series with four teams in 2020, nobody ticking to the major leagues, what is wrong, you know, that – what, what have the Astros done that, that nobody else has done? Let's jump over to the pitching side of uh, the equation, uh, guys, and started out really well. Um, the first four games were went really well, maybe with the exception of Odorizzi, but he was okay, right? He threw strikes, 66.7% strikes. Um, he, did, he got a no decision, but it, it was a blowout, and the Astros won the game. The last two starts – Garcia and uh, Framber's second start of the season have not gone so well. 57.7% strikes for Garcia. He only went four innings, uh, 53.3% for Valdez. He was all over the place. I missed the first part of this game, um, but my son told me that that's what he said. I said, it's one to nothing. And he said, yeah, Framber is all over the place. He only lasted three innings. Now, Short and spring training, we know that. They weren't going to go long anyways, except for like opening day when it was hard to take Framber out, right? He was doing so well. We know they're not going to go more than five or six innings, at least the first couple of starts. But three innings? Um, I don't know. We were looking we're looking real good after four starts. Two starts later, I'm starting to question the rotation. I don't know if it's everybody. Apparently not because Clayton Kershaw's thrown a perfect game on – 80 pitches through seven innings before they took him out. But anyway, thoughts on the rotation early, Matt, we've only seen one of the pitchers twice. So I know it's really difficult to make any, you know, grand conclusions, but just thoughts on the early, early efforts of the rotation. Um, I mean, they're number one in the MLB in ERA. I'd say that is a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, a false number. They only have, you know, I think one or two quality starts. They haven't been going very deep, but um, very encouraging, right? I mean, we know Verlander looked great. He's He got, kind of got the hard lock loss there. We had no offense. Uh, we, we gave him the Roger Clemens treatment where we couldn't help him out at all. Um, but Odo did his job. I mean, he is what he is. Um, you know, Urquidy looked pretty solid. But then, you know, we got Framber and Luis, uh, you know they're they're kind of like Two Face. You spin the you spin the uh, the coin and they look great, or or you know they're all over the place. I guess Framber needs to pretend it's Game Five up in Fenway like he was last year and he was terrific. I I don't get it, but I mean he at some point he is what he is. What his his walk rates was he at ten percent, eleven percent? He he seems like he's always going to be up there. So it's like you know perhaps that's just what he is. Yeah, I made that argument last year when people were freaking about about his walks. It, it was he's four per nine innings for his career before last night. He's mm-hmm. Obviously, somewhere still around there. One game's not going to move that a lot, but he didn't walk 
uh, I think he walked one in the first game. And, and so I was hopeful, but you know, that's one game. And over the long term, he walks four guys per nine innings. And, and that's what he is. I think that's what he is. Now you're going to have a game where he doesn't walk for four, you know, per nine, and you're going to have some where he walks more, obviously, boy, that was genius. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, he walks guys and he's going to walk guys. And when he doesn't walk guys, you should be happy. So, yeah. um, that's 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 what I'll say about Framber, Brian. We were talking about the rotation the first time through. We've only seen one pitcher twice. Framber Valdez, one really good outing, one not good outing. Um, Odorizzi was Odorizzi. Um, you know, first the first four games were really good. The last two with Garcia and Valdez, the second start, have been a little shaky. Can't make any grand conclusions from six starts. But your thoughts on the rotation early? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. You can't really, you know, everybody's had one start apiece, so we're we're just going off of uh, off of that, and everybody everybody can have one good start. So, um, but with that said, you know, uh, certainly across the board, they they have done well. I don't know if that is is necessarily due to some overwhelming pitching, or if it's necessarily, you know, maybe that maybe it's due to the bats not being ready yet in the places that we played. So, uh, you know, you take that as it is, but, but with that said, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at, you know, our collective ERA, it's, we're in, we're in a pretty good spot with the starting rotation. Um, but you know, the couple, couple of concerns that I have, um, there's a lot of good, but the couple of concerns I have is, is, uh, the length of the pitchers, you know, uh, Fromber, uh, what? How many innings did he make it? Three, four, four innings. Three, three innings. Yeah, he was three. Mm-hmm. He was three, and then uh, and then Garcia was uh, four, I think it was four. So you know th- those two are uh, you're counting on them to do a lot this year. And and we talked about it before. Said so this is kind of a trial year for the two of them, and and neither of them can really uh, can make it to a quality start. Um, and some of that might be uh, Dusty's doing, but I think uh, for at least the those two starts, I think it was also their own demise that they were struggling with some control and 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 had a lot of had a lot of pitches that uh, they didn't need to do, uh, you know. Uh, so you, you question if that's another factor for the spring training that we didn't have, uh, whether they were like you know testing out some pitches, working on some pitches, and some location um or if it's just that they you know maybe have a little bit of uh a little regression that they, they just need to work through um but what one thing is for sure at least uh you know looking at at uh, those two they need to pitch more because our bullpen cannot take uh cannot take that much beating especially when they're going you're going you know almost you know back to back on that so that's like you know, it's a lot of innings for our, our guys and that's probably the weakest part of our our staff is the, is the bullpen. So if you're going to, if you're going to have back-to-back games uh, with them, you know, doing a lot of innings, it's not going to be good for, for the rest of the guys, you know, going through that, that would make the, you know, Justin Verlander or, or Oda Rizzi start even more important that they go more innings, um, you know, going forward. But, you know, Oda Rizzi was, was serviceable. So that's, that's good. He's, you know, he made it, he made it, uh, and he was the lone the lone ranger when it came to run support. So that, that, um, that's, a, 
serviceable is a good use of seven million dollars a year. Okay, ah, sorry, Matt. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just think for everyone but Verlander, you know, we haven't really been tested yet, but we're going to be tested. We're playing the Blue Jays, I think, next week. I think we play like we have seven games against them in the next like fifteen. So I mean, that's going to be the that's going to be the the bellwether for some of these guys if they can really you know pick up their pick up their play early on in the season because that's going to probably be the best offense in baseball. We're going to see them. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, we're going to call this your Diamondbacks Minute here. As a Clemson uh, guy, I was totally torn when I saw Seth Beer get that hit last night, and then when I saw him score the winning run, the Astros fan of me was crushed. The Clemson and Seth Beer fan of me, just real happy he's getting a chance with the DH in both leagues. You know, it was crazy him getting traded to Arizona. I was like, where the heck is he going to play? Is his career over? So that was real happy. I mean, I was real happy. Not real happy because the Astros lost, but I was happy for Seth. Let's put it that way. Um, and we got all kind of Clemson players for the Rangers. So those poor guys uh, are going to need some help. But Matt brought up a good a good little topic here when for our pre-show talk. Brent Strom, pitching coach, Arizona Diamondbacks, He's got something for those guys, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they left – they I – mean, how many runs did the Astros score? They scored three runs? Not many. <laughs> Not many. I mean, he probably has some institutional knowledge how to attack some of these guys. But, hey, I mean, the Diamondbacks were not very good in pretty much all facets of the game last year. So, it's good to see him just – Go hang out in the nice sun of Scottsdale, and then occasionally, you know, you know, instill his pitching knowledge to the staff, and they're doing pretty good. So, I mean, that that that's me being optimistic in a painful Astros loss yesterday, or yeah, two days ago. Oh, yesterday. It, See, it just, feels like forever. Just seems like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was interesting too. They and again, it's early. We don't know if it's the Astros bats or their or Brent Strom's influence or the pitchers in Arizona, but it was it was nice to see in a loss right i mean the guy has a lot of knowledge he's done everything the right way he was stand up you know the way he decided to move on good for him he's earned it i mean he's 78 years old i showed i showed my kid a picture of him i got on a baseball card in like 1970 something <laughs> totally different totally different dude of course i mean he was 25 versus 75 or whatever but it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. i said this is brent strom he's like what <laughs> all he knows is the old man right <laughs> anyway brian your take on brent strom with the diamondbacks yeah we made him look good i i you know i think that's uh that's the bottom line right there it, it's a little stromy uh influence will do go a long way for anybody and and you know i think we saw just hints of that last year uh wasn't it uh I don't know if it was Bumgarner or one of the other ones that had a, a, a no-no uh, sometime last year. So um, you know he he uh, he puts his little stamp on that, and and I'm sure he's going to make those guys that were pretty decent last year pretty good this year. Um, you know they don't have a stellar rotation, uh, but I think this also goes back to uh, and I'll continue my theme for the day. This also goes back to our uh, our Dusty Baker uh, mixed up rotation. You know, I mean, where, where are you going to have uh, – is Bumgarner going to be the guy that's really facing, uh, you know, Valdez? Uh, is that is that what it's supposed to be? Or should it have been JV that on the on the hump there against Bumgarner? It might have been a different story. 
uh, JV, I think definitely would have won at least six, if not seven. And, and then, and then we have a, a different ball game. But with that said, Stromby look, you know, his, he's got his, his team already humming and he's only been there, what, a couple months. So, uh, I, I think they're, they could be the, uh, a, a nice, uh, sleeper Cinderella or, uh, you know, the upset machine out there in the, in the NL. So, uh, we'll nice, see. Nice. It'll be fun to follow for Astros fans that, uh, um, you know, won't hate the guys that, that left us, but, you know, like to see them be successful as long as they're not playing us, which definitely hurt yesterday. I'm guessing they're in the wrong division to be a sleeper for the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> 200. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll pick up uh, Bellinger after he gets DFA and he can play center field for him. <laughs> oh, this has been uh, – and by the way, by, by the way, Brian, uh, I don't think that was your theme for the day. I think that's a theme for a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. Matt Uncle, Brian Dunleavy, thank you guys so much. Six games down, 156 to go, and then the playoffs. I'm, I'm calling it. Then the playoffs. <laughs> Ghost Rose. Absolutely. Talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Juicebox Junkies. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And join us for the next episode of Juicebox Junkies.